welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy that you chose to join me today. Today, I have a guest, and his name is Robert Frere. And Robert is the Executive Director at Gateway Center of Monterey County. And it's a community that has been serving adults with developmental disabilities for the past 60 years. And Robert has been working as a nonprofit manager for 36 years and executive director for 25 of those 36 years with various nonprofit companies, including Habitat for Humanity and Chamberlain's Children Centers. So I'm sure we could go on with your bio, Robert, but we'll stop there and just welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me and uh, not only having me, but uh, hear a little bit more about our great little organization, Gateway Center of Monterey County. Well, it's my pleasure. And I was telling Robert before we started recording that I've had a lot of parents reach out to me about resources for their adult children with disabilities. And I love that Robert's here to, to share his resource, this resource of Gateway Center. So what I want to start with is by asking you, Robert, what is Gateway Center and what is Gateway Center's mission? Absolutely. So for 60 years, Gateway Center has been providing high quality residential and day services for the developmentally disabled here in Monterey County. Um, our mission is to serve adults with developmental disabilities. We fully support their individual rights and choices and empower them to live full and productive lives with dignity and independence within our community. Well, I love that. And I was reading about Gateway Center. You said it's been open for 60 years. And I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about, I wanted to ask you, when was Gateway started? And I kind of answered that. But yeah. what was the motivation behind opening Gateway? Absolutely. Yeah, Gateway is pretty unique. Um, again, our official uh, nonprofit startup was 1963. However, it really started in the mid-50s when a group of parents had youngsters, uh, mostly toddlers, and there were no programs in the community to help them. And no, the school wasn't ready to, to accept them, but their toddlers, they knew they needed something more than staying at home. They needed a community. They needed a community of like parents and a community of, of like um, individual participants. So they started Gateway in the mid-50s, working with the um, Pacific Grove Adult School and started programs. First programs in the county um, were arranged by these parents. And so uh, the other unique thing about Gateway Center is that um, they, again, decided that they really needed to be an official nonprofit. So that happened in 1963. But what was really unique about Gateway is as these toddler, toddlers grew up, they became school-aged kids, then middle schoolers and high school. So did Gateway. Gateway grew with them. So many nonprofits have their, uh, you know, sort of their niche. You know, they care for toddlers, they care for school age, they, they care for teenagers or they care for adults. Well, this core group of, of uh, participants were sort of, Gateway grew with them. And so it wasn't until about 20, 30 years back that we became a, an adult program. Um, so rather than sort of move these people on and then start with a new batch, the organization grew with them and eventually grew into an adult a program for adults with disabilities. 
And so that sort of was the founding and, and sort of, uh, again, a unique way to sort of support our community, uh, our disabled community was to sort of grow with them, learn with them, develop programs with them and um, carry it through. And so this has sort of manifested itself in a couple of ways. Um, one of our programs is a residential program. They call them ICFs, intensive care facilities. We have two of our residents that have been with Gateway Center for over 40 years. So yeah, so and we have many of our families that have been with Gateway for over 25 years. So it's unique in that, um, we're able to grow with these folks, be very family-like, and at the same time be um, fairly innovative and start a program for for uh, younger adults who have aged out of school as well. Mm. Well, I actually didn't know that Gateway didn't start as an adult facility. And I kind of love when I think about these parents, I think they saw a need and they met the need. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how a lot of these um, great resources start, just all around us. And so I'm just throwing that out because for parents that are listening that are saying, my child has this need, it's highly likely that there are other parents saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I love when parents band together and create yes, something that's meaningful. So I love that you shared that. I So Gateway Center, we talked about how it serves the developmentally disabled population. Can you talk about what it means to be developmentally disabled? I'm, I, what I want is for our listeners to better understand the population that is included in Gateway Center. Right. And I would say, you know, my answer to that would be our neurodiverse population is just that very diverse. We serve, you know, those with cognitive and intellectual disabilities. Uh, we have folks in our program with Down syndrome, cerebral palsy. Um, our aging population now has to deal with dementia and other things with um, with aging. And of course, we have many clients on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that diversity. And I am just picturing the people that work at Gateway Center and thinking there's got to be a lot of training that happens. Absolutely. <laughs> for yeah. Staff. Yeah, they have to go through a minimum of 40 hours training just to sort of get out um, and participate with our, partic- our participants. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just ongoing training um, because there's so many things that happen. And it's interesting, right? As I mentioned, we're a 60th our organization in its official 60th year, yet we Mm -hmm. feel like we're still learning. We're still learning about the things that are out there. And again, Mm -hmm. some of these populations, it has only been over the last 15 years or so that we learn more about how to serve them the the best way possible. So we're always learning. We're always sort of growing. We're always sort of saying, you know, how can we serve um, our community better? I love that. One of the things that kind of piqued my interest that you said was that you have two participants at Gateway Center who've been with Gateway Center for over 40 years. Mm -hmm. And then there's a few that have been there for over 25 years. So to me, that tells me Gateway Center is doing something right because these families are saying this is a really great fit for our family member and Mm -hmm. They're having a good experience and we want to keep them there. So what's the, I don't know how to say this other than what's the secret sauce? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the secret sauce for us is a couple of things. One of the things, um, and again, I've been with the organization for a little over three and a half years. Um, but when I immediately got here and when I, when I did my first tour to see if it was a good fit for me, mm-hmm. what I was looking for is um, staff 
who were completely engaged with the uh, with the folks that they serve. So what I look for and what's my tagline since I've been here and we use it a lot is care and compassion. We want we want our staff, we want our board of directors, our our um, clinicians, our contractors, our volunteers all have to sort of understand care and compassion is a huge part of what we do. Mm -hmm. um, and by doing that, we really do make everybody feel like it's a family, right? Mm -hmm. We are, we're definitely a nonprofit. We're definitely a business in that we, we have to be sustainable. But within that, you can, you know, if you provide care and compassion and the family members see that, they're they're seeing an extension of their own family within our facility. We really don't want to want to look institutional. We don't want to look clinical. We want to look like an extension of a family providing care and long-term care. And that also manifests itself within our individual, um, especially our residents, who I say have been here a long time. Some of our folks, um, you know, when they first arrived, whether it was 15, 25, 30, 40 years ago, um, they actually arrived with not with with a view of not a very long lifespan that they would sort of serve out their their days at Gateway Center. Well, you know, we have folks here who who were, you know, for lack of a better term, were sort of scheduled to have a shorter lifespan, you know, maybe mm -hmm. into their 30s. And and we have Down syndrome residents who are now in their 60s, right? So not only are they getting cared for and their medical needs are caring, but to me, they wake up every morning knowing that they're part of a community, that they're part of a family bond, that they have their friends here, that they're going to go off to, to different activities in our day program and, and other things. And it's kind of funny, too. Some of them have been here so long that they do really act like brothers and sisters occasionally sort of <laughs> sipping at each other. He took my this or she took my that. And, <laughs> and you know, we acknowledge it and we're like, yeah, it's just like my house. Brothers and sisters sort of going at each other just a little bit. Right. So it really does have that family spirit, mm -hmm. um, but really caring compassion um you know empathy um really honing in on a real engagement i think that's what we are able to to do and have done so for a very long time mm, well i think that can be a rare thing to find in in communities that we look when we're looking for when we're looking for a place for our children i first of all i love that you call it an extension to the family because i think that's for me, as a parent raising children that are autistic, my children, I believe, will be able to live independently. But for me, if I was looking for a facility, the first thing I would look for is, will they care for them like I would care for them? Mm -hmm. And so I love that you call it an extension to the family. And, you know, as I was reading about Gateway Center, I... I learned that Gateway Center provides as many opportunities as possible to promote inclusion, education, and awareness to the community at large. Can you share a few examples of how Gateway has promoted inclusion, education, and awareness to the community at large? Absolutely. That's something that we're very proud of. Um, starting with our day program participants and again, our day program starts around 8 a.m. It goes to about 2.30 p.m. Um, many of our residents attend, but we also have about 30 in the community that come to our, our day program. Oh. And they come out, they come here Monday through Friday. And um, they, but they come here, that's sort of where they start their day. Um, but they're usually out in the community almost every day. They go out in the community to play bingo at our local senior center. Many of our folks, folks 
volunteer at our local meals um, meals on wheels program. So not only are are they um, the community supporting them, they're supporting other nonprofits in the community, which is great. Um, our younger adults in our school based program called um, Without Walls. Um, many of them attend Monterey Peninsula College. They go there twice a week. Um, they also volunteer at the Monterey Bay Aquarium once a week. Um, in between that, they're always out there going to gardens, going on field trips. Um, recently, we took um, two um, sports field trips. We went to the Monterey soccer game with a group of about 20 folks. And then last week, we took a group of nearly 40 to the San Jose Giants game. Um, and they're just part of the crowd that, you know, people come by and and, and share with them and, and ask um, how they're doing. And it really made them feel really comfortable. Um, they love these events. They love being out of the community. And really for them at this point, because they're out there so much, they don't see themselves as any different, nor should they. They should be feel a part of the community. So those are the things that we try to do to make them feel uh, not only a part of the community, but but empowered to to do what they are, to be the best that they they want to be, and, and sort of live out their dreams like anyone else should. I love that you said empower because that's the word that was coming to me when you talk about the longevity of life. That sometimes we there's an lower expectation of lifespan. Uh-huh. Um, and I think when you bring meaning into the lives of an individual, into the life of an individual, you're also telling them they have meaning and uh-huh. and that they can benefit the community too. And I love that you have them doing Meals on Wheels. I think that's amazing. Let's serve in the community. It feels good to give back. That brings meaning to your life. And then let's also bring events and activities and connection into your life so that you know that there's joy to be had and things to learn and growth to experience. And I think that that would help me feel like my life had value and because it does. Mm -hmm. And all of your residents, their lives have value too. And I love that you're helping them see that value. And I think that that says a lot about Gateway Center I want to ask you, what would you like listeners to know about Gateway Center that we haven't already talked about? Sure. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to do that. And again, as I mentioned before, care and compassion is really a part of everything that we do and that everybody who's part of it is part of that um, and feeling truly like they're uh, part of the family. As I mentioned, we have those residents who've been here for for over 40 years, but it's also important to note that, that we have staff members that have been here for a long time. One of our staff members... Christina Hunt has worked for us for 39 years, which yeah. is just amazing that she's seen all kinds of things and, and through all of that. And again, it's really hard work, um, right? You have to, you know, really have to be a selfless person and have a sense of um, compassion to, to do this work for so long. And so she and many others are very amazing. I think the other thing that we'd like people to know about us is that at the same time that we sort of honor our rich past, we're also being very present to provide the best possible um, programs that we can now and also looking to the future. So we do try to be um, innovative. So just talking a little bit more about our uh, Without Walls program, 
which started about five years ago um, in partnership, great partnership with the Pacific Grove um, Adult School. And again, these are students who have aged out of the traditional um, school system, but still wanted to learn, um, still wanted to build life skills and employment skills. But to me, most importantly, we talked a little bit about this, is just be a part of a community of peers, others like them that, that either have the same struggles or challenges or, or the same sort of um, need to belong and need to learn how to to be part part of something. So, you know, we have this great program. Um, and again, as I mentioned, there, there are some life skills based part of it. There's going to our college as part of it. Um, and then in between, they, they learn personal skills. We, we just went through a series of, of classes that don't not only have talked to them about relationships and relationship barriers, but also really got into um, uh, more intimate details because for many of these folks, they really didn't get that during their middle school and high school years that, that most kids, a lot of times they were either dismissed from those classes or it wasn't brought up the level that they could understand it or in a, um, a tone of them. They were sort of just dismissed whether they were in class or not, right? Mm -hmm. So we felt that it was important that they really got that because now there are adults out in the community and they really need to know, you know, what's appropriate and, and what are limits and how to speak up for themselves and how to be respectful uh, of other people that they, they may encounter or that they may build relationships to. So those are just things that we thought were really important for this group of young people. Um, and so we brought things like like that to them, as well as really getting them out in the community and to be part of the community. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one of the programs that um, we're also trying to expand into other communities like Monterey and Salinas, because we really think that it's a great program. When it started five years ago, we had three students who <laughs> were going to do that program. And now they're, they're over 20. They have a huge waiting list. And that's why we know mm -hmm. that it's something that we want to expand. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I think we're innovative on is that we're one of the first agencies to get a um, to purchase an electronic electric uh, wheelchair accessible transport van, and so it can hold two wheelchairs, but it also holds six people. If you're not doing wheelchairs, then it holds up to eight uh, passengers. Um, and again, so it, we're trying to go more green. We're hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years, we'll have two of those big electric transport vans, two regular family size vans, as well as then mm -hmm. put solar um, in our facility and and backup batteries for our folks who, um, when the power goes out, really need electricity yeah. for their oxygen machines and other things. So mm -hmm. we really are trying to be innovative, be try to work towards being green, because in the end, it actually saves us money. These vans save us money. Our regular vans cost us about $150 to fill up twice a week. So it's a mm -hmm. really high cost. So yeah, it is. Electricity we use in this van is, is very minimal comparatively. Wow. Well, you've got some great resources for all the participants involved. And I love that. And I keep thinking of the word autonomy and it sounds like, like creating some of these courses and making some of these accommodations available helps an individual build a sense of self and um, helps them to create autonomy. And that to me is a big self-esteem booster for an individual too, to feel like they are, they need, they need help and accommodations, but they're also, self-sufficient in ways that maybe they weren't before, but they've learned and they've grown and you are providing resources to help them build that autonomy through personal growth and learning. And I just love that. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, a lot of what we're trying to do is we're very um, person-centered. So it's really mm -hmm. about the individual. What What are your needs, right? We're here. We're here to support you, to give you a hand, but not to do things for you, not to direct mm -hmm. you in a certain way. Make things available to you, and then support your decisions. Mm, that is so powerful. So, if I have an a listener that's interested in enroll, in enrolling their own adult child at Gateway Center. How would they start this process? So, yeah. So here in California, what, what the process is, is that the, the family works with their um, service coordinator with their local regional center. Our local regional center is um, San Andreas Regional Center, and they're very supportive and, and we're really well connected with them. Um, but it's through that process that, that um, individuals sort of get screened, meet certain criteria. And then the resource center and the uh, service coordinator would point them out to um, Gateway being a good fit. With, from that point, we would then have them do a visit with our center because we want to make sure that they come in and that they're comfortable from the get-go. They're comfortable with the other um, clients or residents. They're comfortable with our staff, that they feel that they're warmly greeted and that, again, that they, they feel like, again, this is an extension of their home. Because, um, again, you know, uh, Parents, parents are going to be nervous about bringing their their loved one into a, a new environment, right? And for many, new environments are, are a bit of a challenge. So we want to make it as comfortable and warm from the beginning because we know, and in, in really in this case, that first impression is really important to them. Um, and so that's how we want to um, start a relationship with uh, with anybody new who starts Gateway Center. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, are most of the residents at Gateway Center local? Many of them, they are from, um, all of our folks are from California. I would mm -hmm. say about uh, maybe 60% are, are from either in the county or nearby counties like um, mm -hmm. Santa Clara County, San Jose area, mm -hmm. San Francisco. Some of our folks um, started in San Francisco and, and made their way down. Unfortunately, um, from a parent's point of view, there's not a lot of programs like Gateway Center, not a lot of residential care. Mm -hmm. um, that's both available and really sort of fits the mode of that family extension and, and not too sort of clinical or not too institutional, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. we, we do feel that need, and I think we're unique in that way. So unfortunately, especially for our residential program, um, the, the um, openings are sort of few and far between, mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of need. So um, we're mm -hmm. also looking at that as, you know, what can we do to support families um, to make sure that their, their needs are met, um, even if we can't reside them here. Mm. Well, I like that. I like that you're thinking outside of just where, who you have in your immediate Gateway Center family. So all I keep thinking is, I wonder if there's a family or a listener that's thinking, well, maybe I'll try to copy Gateway Center. They sound pretty amazing. Is it, I mean, do you ever, I'm kind of going going off on a little tangent here, but sure. I'm just thinking, like, let's say I said, man, I would love to open a gateway center here in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And, and do you ever allow people to come and tour gateway center and take a look at how it's running so they can kind of learn and grow themselves? Is that absolutely? I, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, as I sort of mentioned in my bio, I've been in nonprofits for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always felt that in order to be successful, you have to surround your folks yourself with with supporters and, and other folks that um, that are innovative or that have ideas that you can sort of glean from. So I, you know, I, I didn't get to to my sort of level of a if I can say it's success without other folks being along for the ride. So I'm always available to share what we what we do well. Um, in fact, after after this interview, I have somebody coming in in about an hour who's interested in and in, in, in doing something in another community. So we will be giving them a tour and, and sort of sharing our best practices. Um, because again, it's it's not just about Gateway Center. It's about providing the best care for, for all folks who need it everywhere. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I'm hoping that I'm putting a little bug in someone's in someone's ear that might be listening and thinking, maybe this is for me. Yeah, so, even if it's sharing resources for you yes. know, especially family members. And again, as you mentioned before, the occasion I'll talk to someone who says, hey, I have a 10 or 12 or 13 year old. I know they're not old enough for the Gateway Center programs, but are there are there other resources between 13 and 18 that you can sort of um, provide? And I do. I, I try to provide them with other resources, either in mm-hmm. our community or, or, you know, up and down the states. There's some very innovative programs or definitely resources so that parents have a place to call and to speak to people about again the more the more options someone has the very more likely that they really are going to find the system support or or service that they truly need mm-hmm. oh i love that you're willing to provide that additional service for for parents i think resources are of high value <laughs> so i am wondering how can a passionate listener assist Gateway Center? It, I I understand you're a nonprofit. Absolutely. So if we have someone listening and they're saying, I would love to support Gateway Center, what would that look like? Absolutely. Thank you for that opportunity. Again, they can go to our website, which is simply gatewaycenter.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that are, are the different programs and things that we do, as well as our sort of fundraising initiative. One of the big fundraising initiatives we have right now is called The Path. Um, it has to do with our Without Walls program expansion. We're trying to get those in new communities. So mm-hmm. in order to do that, we sort of need to, um, to raise some additional funds. It also gives us the opportunity to start a monthly giving program. Um, we're, we've been had huge success and have a lot of support during the holidays. Um, folks are really mm-hmm. generous during that time, and, and we absolutely appreciate that. However, we are a facility that's 365 days a year, 24-7, and, uh, you know, there's other times of the year we can use support, too. So we're hoping to build this um, donor, uh, monthly donor program. You know, folks call me and say, how can I best help? I'm like, well, consider this, right? In fact, I would rather than um, somebody giving me a a $100 gift, Mm -hmm. I'd rather have somebody sign up for $20 a month, right? And so that their monthly budget Mm -hmm. doesn't really hurt them, but then we have a steady stream throughout the whole year. So Mm -hmm. um, if people are interested on that, they can look at our website or or contact me directly. But uh, yeah, like like many nonprofits, especially nonprofits trying to expand and serve more, funding support is always always great. I agree. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that information with us. Robert, I just want to thank you for 
coming on to the podcast with me and for sharing Gateway Center and this beautiful resource that exists and hope learn and feel inspired by what you've shared and also know that for their own adult child that has disabilities that there are places out there and just hearing that there is a center even if even if we're just starting at one even if gateway center is the first place you've heard of that there are places out there that can be a healthy happy environment for your loved one so thank you so much robert for joining me today thank you so much for the opportunity Oh, it was my pleasure, truly. And for listeners, you can follow me on Instagram at navigating.the.spectrum. Thanks for joining today.